God gave him that. He made it plain. He shared it. Amen. He shared it. He announced it. We are we announcing it by writing it down to what remind us again, time and time again. One thing that God said in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verse 7 to 9. Yeah, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 17. And he says that, you know, this is God talking to about encouraging the children of Israel, encouraging us. He says that you shall teach them to your children diligently and shall and, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house. Talking about God, what the wonders that God has done or the promises. In this case, the promises God has said concerning you. He says, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, it says these things. Remind them, remind yourself the things that I have told you. Let you know that when you lie down before you go to bed, talk about it. Remind yourself so that it becomes a reality. So that thing becomes the DNA of your system, that it is part of you. It becomes living in you. Amen. That you breathe that vision and you, you take, take it off, take it as uh, you are, like the air that you breathe. It says you shall bind them. It says as a sign on your hand, and it says and they shall be as a frontlet between your eyes. You know, if you think of frontlet, something right before you. You know that which I have told you, I have promised you that you will become or you shall be. That is what God is saying. He says you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. The things that I promised you, the things that I have spoken concerning you. Amen. One thing is that many like Joseph, yes, we have vision, we have ideas, but many are not pursuing it because of what the complexity of life, of the world in the world that we live in. But one thing that Solomon said is that there is nothing new under the face of this earth. If you think there was complexity of life, if you think life is so complex today, believe me, there was a time that life too was complex years ago. That is the truth. So there's nothing new. If we think it is it is harder now, no, I'm sure days ago, years ago, it was harder for some. Now we have airplanes, airplanes, and you know, those days people probably travel three months by ship to go to from one continent to another continent. Now, in a in in a couple of hours, when they have a Concorde going to New York, six and a half hours normally to fly to New York from uh, London. But with the Concorde, probably do it in I think in less than two hours. Super sunny. You can go to New York and do business and come back the same day. You know, as if nothing happened. So, but sometimes it's just because of complexity and the challenges that we are facing that just causes people those visions, those things that God has said. Somehow, it 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 just it kind of um subdues it. That what we are going through now takes the focus, now takes the place of the vision of God for our lives. Because once we begin to forget and to put that thing at the back burner, it is what happens that something else now takes paramount control over our lives. Amen? And that will not be our portion in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. You know, so that we allow weariness, we allow tiredness. Sometimes we look at it as lack of resources, you know, which brings discouragement. How can it be what God has said? Is it possible? Amen. The man at the gate of Samaria, you know, uh, the king's, uh, uh, one of the king's servants, he told when there was famine in the land. And Elisha said that by this time tomorrow, 
You know, this is what will happen. There will be abundance. And the man said, even though where God were to open the windows of heaven, can this thing be? Because of the way the situation was at that time, that it is impossible. God met the angel Gabriel went to Mary and said, look, you're going to conceive a child. And this child you're going to conceive, you're not going to know anything. How can it be? And by not knowing man, don't worry, the Holy Ghost will come upon you. It had never happened in the entirety of the world. Amen? But yet, Mary said, let it be done to your maid servant as you have spoken. That God, if it is you that have spoken this thing, let it be done. I agree with you and I believe what you have said. It looks impossible. It's never done. But she held on. And all God wants us for is an agreement. Amen. And if you look at the story of Joseph, you know, it looked... God gave him a vision. God gave him a promise. Amen. And if you look at the promise that God gave him, if you look at his life, it looked as if the longer he lived, the further he was away from the promise. Because if God had said, I'll be here. And one thing I want us to understand is that when God gives us a promise, amen, he has just told us a mere edges of what he wants to do. What Joseph had was what and the interpretation, interpretation of the, your brothers and your father, we, your, your parents bow down to you. But that was just a glimpse of what God has said. So sometimes when God speaks to us, sometimes we get so carried away and we think that is the totality of it and say, yes, no. God has just told you a, just a tipping point, just a tiny bit, not even 10% of what he has said he will do through you or he will do for you. So we don't get carried away. Joseph never did. Because at the end, when you saw, it wasn't just his brothers that came to him, or his mother, or his father that came to him for help. Who else came to him? The whole of Israel, the whole of the, the entire world in that region came at what the mercy of Jacob, of Joseph, that whoever Joseph deemed to give food to, to come and buy, they will, if he says no, there's no hope. So it wasn't just his immediate family, it was beyond him, Joseph. When God gives. So whatever thing that God has given you, that is not it. It is bigger than what you have seen. Amen. So, let's not get carried away. Let's stay focused. Because it looked, the longer he was growing. 16, 20. Ah, God has given this promise. Ah, that promise, how is that going to be? He was sent out from his house. Something that he didn't commit. God, how, how is that going to be? He was in Potiphar's uh, house. Okay, how is it going to be? The next thing was in the dungeon. Ah, but God, how is it going to be from the dungeon? It's, it's impossible. But what kept him going was the fact that, as Jesus Christ, make it plain, remind yourself, remember, as long as you believe, as long as you remain connected to that vision, believe me, it shall come to pass. Because his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Amen? That's what God says. So, sometimes, so that we try to imagine how God is going to do it. And if it doesn't make sense, somehow, we, it's easy to just lose faith. That is it possible. God has said you're going to become the, the prime minister or, or so ever. And so, the natural route is that you probably study law or you go to school and you join uh, politics. And you know, that's the normal, you know, the normal criteria for all that. You follow this uh, state of quo in life that to position yourself 
to, to, to what? I don't see anything is wrong with that. But the most important thing is what is the vision? What I've just said, hold on to this. But for me, what I stand by is John chapter 10, verse 27, which says, My sheep, they hear my voice. They follow me. I know them and they follow me. Meaning that each ever we all Joseph did was concentrated. It doesn't matter what was going on around him. He stayed with God, hearing the voice of God, just following God, irregardless of where he was. Amen. Believing, holding on to the promise, whether he was far from it. So it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. That promise will surely come to pass if you only but believe. Amen. If you only but believe. And when we talk about the vision, because Joseph had that vision right in front of him, those were the things, because whenever he saw it ahead, whenever he remembers, right, those things helped him to keep his integrity intact. Amen. Those things helped him. Number one, he helped him to keep his integrity intact. He helped him to remain diligent. Amen. It helped him. So that when Potiphar's wife were to come, and to entice him, you know that, look, you own, you run everything in this house. Why don't you lie down with me? The guy said, no, I can't. Because he knows the vision for God concerning his life, that I cannot compromise. Not that he could not just compromise as well. One thing is that this, despite what he was going through, because sometimes I look at life that sometimes when we feel discouraged or when we feel challenged, or when certain things happen, sometimes it's easy for the physical man or the physical person to let it get the better of them and they act irrationally. They act repulsively. You know, things get things irritate you easily. But for Joseph, that wasn't the case. You know, you just imagine sold into slavery and yet. He, the Bible says, Solomon says, uh, you know, that he, that whatever your hand finds to do, what did he say you should do? He says you should do with all your might. Do with all your strength. Amen. That is what Solomon encouraged us in the book of Ecclesiastes. Amen. That do it. But they, but so, but they, Joseph did not allow the evilness of his, of his brother or the evilness of mankind to get the better of him. So it doesn't matter what you are going through. Whether you feel cheated, whether you feel uh, you're supposed to have resisted in promotion and you haven't, or whether you feel some authorities are against you and not for you, or whether you feel the system is also against you, it doesn't matter. Joseph carried on doing the best he could do. Amen. He put his hands on whatever he was doing, and that was what was promoting him. That even when he was thrown into the dungeon, the Bible says he was still yet able to help people right there in the worst prison of the earth, on the earth of those days in his time in Egypt. He was able to help, interpret dreams, help, help in hand. Because he just, the Bible says, whatever your hands find, do it with all your heart. And what? The word of God says, prepare one another. That you prepare the next person to yourself. So put the next person first. Love your neighbor as yourself, irrespective of what you are going through physically. Joseph did all those things. And God was just watching. Amen. God was just carrying on watching. Above all, he had the fear of God. The fear of God kept him in line. 
that he did not compromise in any way. Amen? He did not what? Compromise in any way. And the word of God says, that's why when I listen to that song, his promises stand. Grace is his faithfulness. He's never failed me yet. He never fails. Amen. The word of God in Romans chapter 8, verse 14. When God told spoke to Abraham, you know, the promises. You know, the word of God in Romans 8 from verse Romans chapter 4 from verse 18 from verse 18 says, Romans chapter 4 from verse 18 says, Who, this is Abraham, contrary to hope. Amen. In hope believe. And so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, since he was about a hundred years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, that is what God had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. That being fully convinced that what God has said, God is able to do. He wasn't working on his strength, but his own was just to be fully persuaded. Be, be fully convinced that God is going to do it. I don't know how, but God has said He's going to do it. I'm going to do my best in whatever capability I can, but knowing that God is going to do it. It doesn't matter where, where I am right now. I don't know how, but I just know God is just going to do it. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't concern me how. I just know God is going to do it. That's all. He just went to it. I just know God is going to do it. Because when we begin to Visualize how God is going to do it. That is where uh, there might be stumbling blocks. Because when it is blocked, just discouragement comes in. But if you just have an open mind, I don't know. I don't want to know how. But God, whatever I, whatever you leave me to do today, I will do today with all my heart. And because I know somehow you said you're going to do what you're going. Ah, you're going to bring it to pass. Fine. God can say I'm going to be the next president. But yet, God is telling me to probably go and uh, go to another country, or God is probably telling me to go and be a toilet cleaner in one place, you know, as I said earlier on, or do something unusual that has nothing, not, that has no correlation to what God is asked, to the vision that God has said. But because John 10 37 says, I hear my, my sheep hear my voice, I just listen to God and do with the best of my capability. Somehow, as it says in Romans chapter 8, all things work. God makes everything to come together and works together for his own good, for his own purpose. Where we are right now, we don't know how God is going to do it many a times. But one thing I'm here to tell you that as long as you hold on to that promise, as long as you hold on to that vision that God has given you, that inspiration that the Holy Spirit has put in your heart, it will come to pass. Just hold on to it and you will it will manifest, you will see it manifest in this time, in your own time. Amen. I'll just, you know, I'll just um, quickly read uh, a story that uh, a man that we well know, we, we, were, we well know by the grace of God. It's, um, you know, there's this gentleman, amen, who, in, uh, in the Someone that was born in 1890, anyway, they said one of the first challenges is that he, his, his father died as a, young, uh, as a young child. 
And at the age of 16, because at that time, imagine in the 80s, early 90s, in the 19s, uh, in the early, not 90s, but early 19th, you call it the 20th century then, 19 something. Anyway, he, he, he wanted to join the army and he was too young at age 16. So he faked his age to join the army. Perhaps the army found out, you know, that no, one day, a year later, they honorably discharged him from the force. If that wasn't enough, this was the man that God was given the vision of what he'd probably be in life. Amen. He knew, he just had a belief that he was going to make it. Then, if you look at this man's story, and he said, even though he was discharged, he became a railway worker. He studied, he even studied, he became a railway, something happened when he was a worker in the railway industry. And he had to leave. After that, he went to study law, you know, to become something in life. And after studying law, he got into a fight and he lost the license to become a lawyer. The man should just give it up. Should just give it up. So, do you understand? This is a man's story. You know, he lost his license to become a lawyer. So he couldn't carry on lawyer because it reminded me of a friend. Not a friend, but someone that I know who was studying law in the United Kingdom when we were interested together. And she couldn't now study law because um, she had a plant of marijuana, marijuana in her room when the police came. So because of that, forget law. Amen. So things happened. Anyway, for this gentleman, that happened. If that wasn't enough, he had to now go as a grown-up man. He was forced to move back to his mother's house. Remember his father is dead. If that wasn't, a, if that wasn't bad enough, amen, even though he moved, you know, he got a job for selling insurance. But something else happened. He was fired from the job. You know, he went on to a boot company. Something, you know, something happened. He had to sell. But finally, to just cut the long story short, you know, he, he now went to get a motel. You know, a rundown motel. And the Bible, and the guy's story was that when he ran in the motel, the, something, the motel got bumped. So, imagine this guy. The motel got bumped down. If it wasn't bumped down enough, he managed to rebuild the motel after. Then when everything was going well, the world war came. So businesses, nobody's doing to There's war in the land. No businesses. So motel shut down. And sometimes I look at this man, so I say, ah, so have you ever gone through all this? And so we just cry. Oh God, oh God, oh this is us. No, no, no. Maybe it's not God's I'm complaining. I'm just angry. You know? But this is. Person, person, person that this is, I'm not this guy's testimony is not from the point that he's a Christian, but something he went through in life. And I looked at, but this man pressed on just like Joseph did. He believed. What are we going through? Have we gone through half of what this gentleman has gone through? No. You know, finally, when I mention what it's finally, you know the guy. He started frying chicken. And before he even finished frying chicken, guess what? He got into an issue with another gentleman that he had to leave that area alone. And finally, he couldn't do that chicken. But he had the recipe. The, according to his story, he wrote 1009. Um, what do you do to get, you know, like NAPDAC or uh, 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 to get to a license for his recipe? It took him to write 1009 before it could now be approved. Not 100 times, not just 1,000 a night, before finally they accepted the recipe. 
And today, his name is Sanders, he's late. And we look at KFC. That is the story of the man. But the man did not give up. What is the vision that God has given you? What has God laid before you? What are you pursuing? Whether it has failed 20 times or 10, doesn't. as long as God has said, this is what God sees you to be. Focus on that, that this is what God has said to me. I see myself in this place. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I'm doing my best now, to the best of my ability, my capability. I'm doing everything that I can do right now by the grace of God. Even though sometimes it may not have worked, even though maybe everything had failed, but you know what? I still hold on to that. Because I don't know how God is going to do it, but I still hold on to it. Because somehow, if God has said it, if it is God, it will surely come to pass. And that is what Joseph held on to. That is what this man held on to. That he will make it. Even at an old age, he made it. That's why the race that we are running, we should not look at the next man. We run a unique race. It doesn't matter whether my friend has brand his own race, I mean, he's doing fantastically, we went to the same school and this is, a, this is what he is right now and I'm still this. No, it doesn't matter. Jesus' race was to, was to die at the age of 33. Amen. That was his own race. He came, he finished when he went. Your race might be to 120 years old. Your friend's race might be to 50 years old. So why are you comparing yourself? Just focus on the one that God has given you and focus and run that race diligently. Amen? So encourage us. It doesn't matter. Yes, we might fail so many times. But the Bible says, weeping may endure for a night. Just one day, joy cometh in the morning. Joseph may have gone through all he had to go through. But just one day, he became, it took just 24 hours, he became the prime minister of one of the greatest nations in the world those days. So what are you going through? I encourage us to hold on to God.